Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen-65. I'm Pax. And I'm Abigail. For today's Weekend update, first off, the uh, solicit for Spider-Gwen Smash number 4, which is the miniseries finale, has been released, but, you know, that's... That's minor compared what's next on the list because uh, the well the solicit we know it's out and well we know the cover was out anyway we talked about this last month but that kind of spoils what the book ending is gonna be like and leading into yeah uh, the giant size I, I I think it's it would it would be it would feel wrong to read out the solicit and talk about what the cover is um yeah it I, I will say it is I, I think the most passable David Nakayama cover we've had yet. Um, the poses are the least like cheesecakey um, so far uh, yeah. of of those two characters on that cover. Um, but yeah, that that cover slaps. Yeah, th- there's another news item though. Yeah. There's, there's another thing happened since we last recorded. Yeah, this is the really big thing. So uh, last month we've we've been waiting for this for four years now because we've had like four miniseries for her in a row, and finally, uh, Gwen is gonna get another ongoing this April. Now this is usually the time when I blow my air horn sound effect, but there is one caveat to this: they're making her a permanent resident of Earth six one six. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a real monkey's paw situation, I must say. It is very disappointing to hear that they want to move her away from Earth-65. Because yeah. um, it, it's yeah. like, after all of this work that Melissa Flores has done, she, you know, she did her homework about what plot threads she needed to address, and also her getting to write this giant size Spider-Gwen number one, also at the same time she's writing Smash number four. We all thought that she was going to have some balance of Earth 65 and Earth 616, but now it seems like uh, they're jettisoning her dad, her entire supporting cast, and her rogues gallery just to be another permanent resident of Earth 616 where the rest of the spiders are. That's her entire appeal of her dimension, the different take of all of her characters. Yeah, um, I, I think, um, you know, Miles, um, Miles kind of earned it. Yeah, Miles is the other is the kind of the other kind of example we can look at and how this goes for characters. But I just I don't I d- I don't think Gwen is in the same position. I don't think that the the appeal of Miles's comics really were were not around the Ultimate Universe. I don't think that's why people were picking up that book and all of the characters they introduced for Miles and his supporting cast were new so that they could safely make a transition into 616 so so he was able to bring along the the what's the blowy uppy girl with the lab coat bombshell 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 could come along and um who who else made the jump his whole family were able to move they had no 616 equivalent in the comics that people kind of knew about so the stuff from the ultimate universe that kind of was attached all of that went with him he's the other example that i don't think they can do that with captain stacy and they can't do that with mary jane because all of those characters existed in 616 yeah because the thing is another part is that uh original Gwen 616 she has living relatives still 
and so just for Gwen to take up permanent residence on 616 and if she legally takes the ID of her 616 counterpart that's kind of being cruel to her relatives it is it's it's a bizarre situation um yeah because her face so i i think there there are obviously there's a few ways they can do this they can't have like uh, some kind of universe reset in some way on 616 that allows her to live there. She could live there under a secret identity. Um, what, Gwanda? It, it, well, maybe, yeah. Maybe we could finally get Gwanda in the comics. But like, it was it was really weird in the Maguire comics when they did this because, like, Maguire, like, really, like, she just sort of followed its natural conclusion. Okay, Gwen moves to 616 um, as a student, um, goes to school there. Um, then obviously a villain is going to go, oh, this this random dead girl is alive again. Um, like, she hasn't even changed her name. Uh, no, like... I, think the pe- I think the people at ESU know that she's not from around there. Well, at least the Dean of Admissions knows yeah, that but... she's not around. Yeah, but it's, it's something that Jackal comments on is that she doesn't change her name. So maybe she could do a secret identity uh, situation on 616. Um, I would be really interested if there was... Um, a reason like something from 65 like she was following something like that you know like if finale had gone to earth 65 or or uh, sorry earth 616 sorry or if jackal had gone back to 616 or whatever you know and she was like she had a specific like um mandate to be in 616 but i i think it's just gonna be and 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 looking at the direction of the comic that we're reading today i think it is just going to be that she states that she wants to live in 616 because that's you know where it feels like home or something um yeah. which I, well, I disagree with and even like um the solicit for smash promised that like she would find some balance so that means something would have had to happen uh between giant size and the number one of her new ongoing uh because the news article for this it kind of mentions it, it kicks off gwen being trapped in the 616 so it's probably going to be some sort of uh well arc one at least i'm hoping that they finish this up by the end of arc what arc two tops that it's going to be a whole mystery box situation of uh how gwen is trapped on 616 yeah i um i just i they 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 could create an interesting thing on 616 for her to do and i would i want to see that um i i don't want to be like oh there's no scenario where you know her moving to 616 isn't an interesting read um and they can't do it well and it's impossible i don't want to be like that um uh, but there needs to be i think an interesting reason because there there are a lot of things that people want to see with the 65 i think i don't think there has been much positive reception to this change being announced and I, i i genuinely think people are kind of fatigued with the ambiguity with Gwen's Earth kind of home and 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 sort of where Marvel stand with that and maybe that this was them committing to a decision but I I do I do think it is it is the less compelling of the two it's going to be a lot harder to make 616 interesting and to build things for Gwen 65 in Earth 616 to do that feel natural compared to Earth 65 where she does have all of her family and she does have all of her friends and all of her rogues gallery live. Um, I, I worry that if they do the same thing with the storm siblings where like, you know, these villains team up or whatever and, and exile her, that that's just not 
that's not a compelling reason for her to be in Earth 616 specifically. Because, and, 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 I, and I think, you know, if they were writing this in a more organic way, Gwen wouldn't stay in one Earth if she were exiled from 65. She has the ability to travel the multiverse, and I see no reason why, you know, you, you couldn't then sort of have her as a multiversal sort of traveler, and you could do you know, uh, an arc in this place and an arc in that place. What? Why 616 specifically? Yeah. Now, if this took place in between King and Black and Gwenverse, this would have made sense? A hundred percent. Like, this was this book was needed four years ago, and they fumbled the story arcs that she was kind of going through so badly that they ended up leaving her in a, in a uh, starting out with her in a completely different place to the one that she was left off in. And I don't you know, that the editorial continuity needs to be here with this character. There needs to be editors and writers working on this book who are committed to, you know, writing this, you know, having a consistent vision for this character because it does not work having different writers come on and different editors as well. The lack of having the, 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 ever since Devin Lewis left the book, there has not been an editorial continuity with this character. And it, it is a bizarre read. It is it is bizarre for somebody to pick up Smash and go, oh, why is this character here? And why is that character there? And why doesn't she live this place or whatever? Well, technically, Nick Lowe, uh, he was kind of Devin Lewis's supervising editor. And Nick Lowe is also mm. the uh, supervising editor on this book. Well, Ellie Pyle and MR Daniel are her immediate editors, but Nick Lowe is top brass. Yeah, but Nick Lowe is right, I mean, primarily concerned with Spider Man six one six, like an, an ASM. But he's like there's there's two levels of, of middle management before you get to Nick Lowe, right? Like I don't um you know, he's 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 quite far removed from whatever process we're, we're looking at. But just the decision to do this is just it's so uncompelling in its concept. And 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 the I, I, the reception I have seen on on the subreddit on Twitter has been resoundingly negative in in its outlook on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe she wants to uh, visit her very best friend in the world. I don't. Are you going to have to explain to readers that you just held up your custom artwork of Gwen and Kane six one six together? Well, those um, two work really well together. They, yeah, they work okay. Um, what no. what I would um do do we know the email address for the spidey office at marvel i think it's um it's always at the listed at the back of every spider-man book spidey office at marvel.com i think um spidey office email okay spidey office at marvel.com yeah you're right um so spidey office at marvel.com um, is their email address. That's Sierra, Papa, Indigo, Delta, Echo, Yankee, Oscar. What What? What the hell? Wait, what the hell is that? Wait, what's... You don't know... You don't know the NATO phonetic alphabet? Because apparently I don't. Oh, no, I do. What's the F? What's the F? Uh, Foxtrot? Foxtrot, Foxtrot, Indigo. Sorry. So, Sierra, Papa, Indigo, Delta, Echo, Yankee... Oscar Foxtrot Foxtrot Indigo Charlie Echo at Marvel.com. That email address. You can write your thoughts about the change and you can send them. I would encourage folks to be very, very polite. It's easy to get really fired up about a fictional character, but just express that you really enjoy having Gwen on Earth 65. Um if if you at all care about this decision, which you may not, but I, I would just very politely explain that you're of really enjoyed um some of the recent spider-gwen comics 
but that the Earth 65 appeal is crucial here um, for a lot of that, and yeah. that you're very interested in. Do you have something to say? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Just simply don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. I, I've, I've been. I remember how. I remember the ennui of being a Spider Gwen fan four years ago when they cancelled her book mid COVID, um, and I, I remember how how kind of down I got about it back then. And I look back and I'm like, oh, that's a little bit silly. Um, and if I were allowed to vent my frustrations unfiltered, they would have come out rather rather odd. Um, but uh... <laughs> I think since we're venting right now, I might as well just get this out of the way. In the pages of ASM, I can't wait for Paul to die a slow and a horribly painful death like the filthy little bitch he is. Oh my God, does Zeb Wells know that you think that? Somewhat. But yeah. Basically, just I, I think, you know, as a podcast, we felt quite bad about this decision because everything that we've kind of re- really been interested in, it is very Earth-65, you know, like it is yeah. it is kind of the, the, the whole police state thing, the whole, you know, everybody's a musician thing, the whole punk rock aspect, the, the grunginess, the low tech, the low super and the, the, you know, the skepticism of authority and, you know, all of that sort of stuff and, 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 and the weird twists on everybody. Um I, I just like losing all of that would be so sad. Well, I'm uh, curious I, I, to see how much mileage uh, that she can get in 616 while she's there for the time being until she can go home. Because um, if she's able to meet 616 versions of Daredevil, Punisher, and the Fantastic Four, as well as MJ, she's going to have a completely different view of them because all she can think about is her relationships with all of those parties back home, mostly negative. But for her to interact with the 616 versions, that could be kind of interesting to play with, especially with Matt Murdock. Yeah, I, I, I think there's definitely some weird team-ups. I would love to see her do, like, um, I don't know, solving a crime scene with Matt Murdock. That would, or something like that, you know, like seeing him operate as a good person. You know, because he's like a priest now, right? Yeah. Um, in his current run. I, I think there's some, there are some really interesting things they could do with Gwen I think you know they could do I, I what I would say is um having Stephanie Phillips on the book is isn't it is, is quite an interesting choice she's a big name right now in the comics yeah the creative team we almost forgot about that yeah Stephanie Phillips is a, now like considered a rising star in Marvel she's like writing a lot of different things for them right now she did Rogan Gambit uh she was the head writer for Contest of Chaos she's also currently doing Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos and also releasing later this spring I think it was it's either in March or April but she's doing a Black Widow and Hawkeye miniseries also yeah the um the I I think the biggest sort of series that she has been on has been the Harley Quinn book that she did with DC a couple of years back that spun out of the James Tinian Batman comic. And how's and her writing there? I, I, the, she did a sort of back to basics, starting out on her own hero arc for Harley Quinn. She was the first person to really earnestly write Harley as a hero. I think every book prior to that point had written Harley as either sort of a, a very sympathetic villain or as an anti-hero. Um, but this was the first one where she was like, okay, yeah, no, like I'm not killing, you know, you didn't have any of that sort of frivolous sort of cruelty that you'd find in her earlier books. Um, and because I think she is a professional psychologist earlier in her career, um, there's there's a lot of references to that, obviously, with a character like Harley Quinn, who is a psychologist too. And you read Grimm from her too, right? Grimm's really interesting because Grimm is 
Um, that's Rico Renzi and Flaviano, who first teamed up on Gwenum versus Carnage. Um, and I followed them because I was like, wow, this book is amazing. What a dream team. And I kept telling them on Twitter what a dream team I thought they were. Um, as, as fantastic artists. Um, and they've, they've carried on working together on the Image comic book by Stephanie Phillips. Um, and Grimm is... Uh, Grimm is a really interesting book. The world building is really interesting. Um, there's some really fantastic different characters that she does in it. But um, and and just the general feeling that I have come away from Grimm and Harley Quinn is they're not big status quo shaking sort of books. They're both they're both very. The main character has generally a consistent tone and is not having a big sort of ground shaking sort of. I I I didn't see a tremendous amount of character development. Um, I think um, from the main character, it tends to be more their effect on their immediate sort of, especially like their like close friends. Like I mean, like Kevin was probably the most interesting character at that Harley Quinn book, um, and the sidekicks that she has in in Grimm are the ones who really kind of go through the the sort of interesting arc. So I I think you know seeing Stephanie Phillips on a Spider Gwen book. Um, I would have been most interested to see what she would do with Mary Jane. Um, <laughs> well, well, maybe uh, Gwen would be able to maybe uh, if she had some stow stowaways or well, they can't be stowaways if she's willingly uh, bringing them along with them, unless if it's against their will or unwittingly. But like, I really do have high hopes to see what Stephanie Phillips could do with Gwen and. If she wants to visit her old supporting cast, like yeah, I want to see her relationship uh, with MJ under Stephanie Phillips' pen, and maybe if um she can use her psychiatric degree in the book. Yeah, do we know who um the art team is going to be with Stephanie Phillips? Yeah, so Stephanie Phillips, a partner in crime, who's doing the pencils, is going to be Chris Campagna, who is also another rising star. Uh, the only thing of his that I've read that I've seen his pencils on is, um, I think, three or four issues of uh, last year's Red Goblin ongoing. His pencils are pretty solid. How do I spell Chris Campania? I'm really trying to... It camp and then A-N-A. Yeah. -A. How do I spell Chris? Chris. Is it C-H or K? Yes, C-H. Oh. I'm not, I'm not seeing... I'm not seeing this person's art. If you want to take a look at Marvel Unlimited later, like, like at Red Goblin, like I loved his pencils on Red Goblin. Yeah, I, I kind of I'm intrigued as to what Red Goblin was about. Um, yeah, so it's it's gonna be. I I really this is definitely gonna be a wait and see book. I and I, I will say just to undercut everything we have s said just now, it is entirely possible the. On Earth 616 for good is a complete fake out and it's over within yeah. the arc. Um and and it's just there to be controversial. Yeah. Um because they're either really on it and are like it's all a conspiracy or they're not on it at all. And yeah, that, and yeah. yeah, that's why I said uh, like arc two tops that they've solved this mystery box. Yeah, we'll be saying to ourselves like five arcs in, you know, like any issue now, we're back to sixty-five, you know, any issue now we'll go you know, um and, and it will be just, just sort of cop copium um yeah, but, all the way through. Yeah, but on the other hand, I feel like that this is kind of, you know, um screwing the pooch for Sean Maguire. It is. I I I, I do I, I remember those statements from Sean and Maguire and I do feel sad that 
you know that whole thing she had about you know hoping that the the toys in her sandbox hadn't been moved around too much that you know she'll she will never get that now um it it, it is yeah it's one of those things yeah. i suppose Unless if uh, um, they do some sort of a uh, big 10-year anniversary issue where they just bring back uh, some of her previous writers and Maguire's part of that team. I Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of surprised they gave her nothing, actually, out of all of what's being published right now. She didn't yeah. get the miniseries. She didn't get the giant-sized issue. And she is definitely not getting the ongoing. No. So it's like... Yeah. Like, she's still technically working with Marvel, but just not in the comic space. Uh, the only thing of hers that's been Marvel adjacent was uh, she recently wrote um, a YA novel for them. Right. I, I think it would have been. I, I, I mean, like, they could have given. They even could have given her a B story in that amazing. Uh, sorry, amazing. The giant size yeah. issue. You mean ASM 31? Uh, uh, the giant. Sorry, no, no, I didn't mean to say ASM. Uh, the 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 giant size uh, Spider Gwen issue. She, you know, I don't know. I, just, I feel like there's a lot of scope to insert her somewhere into all of this. And I, th- uh, you know, I think it's just clearly is a choice to move away from that era, which I think is a shame. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like um, when you're listening to this episode, how we take a complete 180 compared to last month's episode. Yeah, we were just we were so pumped when we made the last sort of episode and we, we recorded our news segment because we we sort of, it was almost certain that we were going to get an ongoing at that point and we were really pumped about it. But just the, the decision to completely pull the rug out from under Gwen, we didn't know about it, you know. So it's just, it really is a monkey's paw situation where you wish and you wish and you wish for this comic to come out and the moment it does, you're only you're only sort of getting half of what you really wanted. Yeah. I, I just I it 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 is, and and I I do implore listeners to, you know, if if you like this book and you like this podcast, um, just buy all of the number ones as as much as humanly possible. Everyone do their part. Buy the main cover, which is a really gorgeous cover by Mark Brooks. Yeah. buy the main one buy the blank ones just so you can get all of your favorite artists to commission to draw on it buy the jenny frisson buy pablo villalobos <laughs> okay well actually i don't know if the variants contribute to the overall like i don't think that contributes to the big sales number that they're really looking at does it i think uh, to the number ones it still counts oh right um the main thing is that you go to your local comic book store and you ask that you they put spider gwen on your pull list that's the main thing um, and that you do this before the book comes out. Oh yeah, the title of this book. So it was initially on the press release titled Spider Gwen, the Ghost Spider. But since then they've updated the trade dress. So now it implies that this is volume two of Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's also definitely the worst title she's ever had. Like Ghost Spider was fine and Spider Gwen was fine. But Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider is so many syllables and two colons and no sorry two hyphens and one colon it's too much punctuation yeah that was supposed to represent the transition between the code name of spider gwen to officially becoming ghost spider yeah when they conceived of this title for her book it was as a temporary one i don't that that oh it's baffling it really is baffling i i'm just 
I cannot believe it. I I genuinely it's uh, I I I am I I'm stunned. The de- this decision must not have come from the creative teams. I I have to presume it's come from upper management. I can't. I'm trying to work out a scenario where Stephanie Phillips comes into the office and says, "Hey, I'd love to write Spider Gwen, but I don't want to write her home universe." Who doesn't want to write her home universe? Like I I can't imagine this is her decision. I I guess we'll have to see if we can ask her someday about how this whole process went down but i'm i'm just stunned at the decisions made here i wonder if this is going to be what legacy number is this because i think uh um gwenum versus carnage gwen versus shadow clones and smash it should count towards legacy numbering yeah um i i yeah i mean i, I suppose i need to sit well somebody needs to sit down and figure out how many issues of spider gwen there are now because i remember it being it, it, they are they are going to get to a hundred at this rate, actually. Yeah, because uh, if you count those four miniseries, uh, uh, Gwenum versus Carnage brings the count to sixty three, Gwenverse sixty eight, Shadow yep. Clone seventy three, and yep. Smash uh, seventy seven. I'm not sure if they're going to count uh, the giant size or not. I don't think so. They should. But if they decide to uh, include giant size, then seventy eight. So that would make. Uh, Spider Gwen Ghost Spider Volume Two Number One uh, Legacy Seventy Nine. Yeah. Or they could just abandon every miniseries completely, their numbering, and then this is Legacy Sixty One. Well, you, but the thing is, if if they keep the miniseries in there and they have a nice round thirty-one issue ongoing here, then then we get we get a massive issue one hundred for 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 Stephanie Phillips to go out on writing this book. <laughs> Like I hope she lasts as long as uh, Jason Latour, or at least meet uh, Sean McGuire's twenty-three issue run. Sean McGuire battled for twenty-two issues. They 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 threw her straight into a crossover. They had a relaunch ten issues in, um, and, and they and... neglected to tell her that Donnie was using the maker. Yeah, and and well, yeah, and and then and then, God, it was it was a year, and then she got the three issues for that tie-in, and then they didn't tell her that actually Gwen wasn't going to show up in the in the main event. I I'd, I'd, I I don't know. It 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 was tough for Sean, and I hope that Stephanie gets uh, a a a better shake, a fairer shake at really writing this character, independent of having to put her in the big um events centered around other people well how long does she last in harley quinn a while over 20 issues maybe over 30 i can't remember i can't remember because it it, it continue i think it's continued under um under tinny howard it's had the same numbering uh okay. but yeah. uh but stephanie phillips herself would it be like 25 26 issues something like that i feel like you probably have a better guess guess at it than me because it's um I know it's somewhere in the um in the high twenties that she uh, stayed on the book, but um, um, yeah. Anyway, um, there there's gonna be another one shot coming out also at the same time, a uh, web of Spider Man number one, where it's gonna um tease some of the upcoming Spider stories being told in late twenty twenty four and early twenty twenty five, and mm. even though that they've only advertised. Uh, what the main stuff is because there's going to be a uh, a return of the Green Goblin story there's going to be a Chasm story Ugh, but there's going to be Kane in it so I'm happy but my heart dropped when I found out who was going to be drawing that um, backup story in the one shot they know who it's, they are it's, it's the backup story 
Um, so Gregland won't be touching the main, the main art in that book, will he? No, but but it's unknown if Gwen's gonna be part of that giant sized one shot because again they've only advertised what's going to be the main events, including which is gonna be um, a Spider Society book. Right, that is exciting. I, I and I think that making moves towards doing like web warriors or spider society or or um you know anything like that again would be interesting because i i do think there's genuine demand for that i do think that the the tone that spider-verse really and i've said this before that spider-verse really borrows from i think the most is web warriors like i think that's the most of where you see that kind of you know little team-ups between different characters from across like the spider-verse that's that's the web warriors books right um by mike costa of all people i i i um i i don't you know i think i i think they they need to revive that corner of marvel you know and the the spider-verse anthology series they did a few years ago i I think you know keeping that sort of you know fun wacky team up kind of environment going and then you know they can go back to the solo books and be angsty um and whatever well i think one of the most important questions going into this ongoing in april is is gwen gonna cuss yeah you know i really just i i hope they get the tone right you know i really hope and and i hope that they get the character right and 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 they do her justice here i i re- and also i just i hope they find a reason to make it interesting for her to pick Earth 616 right i i, yeah, I, I think- just maybe worst case scenario it turns out earth 65 got blown to bits and she's the last survivor yeah honestly i which is you know it sucks for miles frankly because you know he he has to share the spider-man title and spotlight and rogues gallery with peter like is gwen gonna cram in on on that action too or is she gonna get given all the lady villains is you know like is that where we're really headed well i heard what they're doing for miles is that they're uh like whatever uh, villains he shares with peter it's more of the uh uh bottom tier villains that peter interacts with because with miles they've given him a scorpion rhino uh i can't think of no one else other than those two the only thing remotely close is uh vulture's granddaughter tiana tombs aka starling but those two are dating now so it's just you know i i oh hobgoblin it it makes him feel like he's the junior of the two when they give him the junior villains. You know, I, I don't is where where is where where is Gwen fitting into that vision? I, I guess you know? they could give Gwen uh, the sinister syndicate. Oh, no, I'm just I'm like compared to the because the Rogues Gallery on Earth sixty five is top tier. You've got Kingpin Murdoch, you've got um, you've got Cindy Silk, Moon. yeah. You've got MJ. MJ's yeah. MJ is like barely been developed as a villain, and is the the fact that she could become a villain or whatever at any moment, and that she has this sort of unresolved conflict with Gwen, so interesting. Um, and just that I don't know. I I really I Jackal six one six on Earth sixty five also was was a genius move from Maguire. Like I think that's a really interesting villain. I. And the thing is, we don't know if he's still around on Earth-65 or not, because the upcoming Spectacular Spider-Men by Greg Weissman and Humberto Ramos, uh, Peter and Miles' first mission is to take on the Jackal. Like, is that supposed to be the very same Jackal that's back on Earth-65? I just, I don't think that, um, 
you know, frankly, any anybody is going to be trying to honor the continuity of of this comic from from two three years ago at this point. Yeah. You know, it's... well, it's it's implied that the jackal who followed Gwen home is a clone, right? Good. Yeah, I, um, I suppose it is. Yeah, but anyway, I think yeah, we're into this like thirty four minutes. So oh, shit, we need to we need to talk about the comic. Um. Yeah. Bottom line, pre-order the book. Pre-order the book. Let Marvel know what you think in a very polite way. Um, we're going to get into our issue that we are reading uh, this episode. It's Spider-Gwen Smash number two. Um, we last read number one. Um, this is written by uh, Melissa Flores. has pencils by Enid Balam, inks by Elisabetta D'Amico, colors by Fernando Fuentes Suho? Suho? Sujo? Yeah. The first one. Suho. Uh, and letters by VCs Ariana Maher. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I, w- to begin our reviews of comic issues, we do read out a synopsis. Uh, we encourage everyone to um, still read the issue for themselves before listening to the review. Um, we will put links in the description on where to buy it digitally and, you know, how to find a local comic book store, really. Um, yeah, I guess... Uh, I guess uh, I will begin with a synopsis now. On the tour bus to their next gig in Chicago, the band argues, Mary Jane is angry that Gwen has agreed to be a bodyguard for Dazzler, despite promising less go spider action on this tour. Gwen dismisses these concerns, stating outright that they wouldn't have gotten this gig without Ghost Spider's status. MJ storms off for the night, leaving Betty and Glory to chide Gwen for her insensitive words. Glory points to a pattern of Gwen upsetting Mary Jane, leaving her to have to calm her down and make it better. At Chicago, Natasha interrupts the band's prep time to whisk Gwen away for her ghost spider duties, which she goes along with despite this further upsetting her bandmates. Gwen meets with Lila Cheney and Dazzler for fight practice, where they take on a holographic projection of the Hulk that attacked their last gig. Gwen opens up to Dazzler about her flakiness with the band and how it's hurting MJ, to which Dazzler has a solution. Dazzler fires her guitarist Rick Jones from the tour until he fixes what she believes is a drinking problem, which he denies angrily and replaces him with Mary Jane. Dazzler and her now slightly different uncut gems play their set at Wrigley Field Baseball Stadium, where they are ambushed by a different attacker, the returned pixie, but seemingly possessed. Just as Gwen manages to catch and restrain Pixie before she does any harm, she is surprised from behind by the returning Hulk from the gig in New York. She is knocked out and left for dead under some concrete. The attackers kidnap Lila, leaving everyone else unscathed, thankfully. Despite protests from Gwen and Natasha, Dazzler insists the tour must continue until they can stop whoever is doing this at their next tour stop in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, Rick Jones wakes up in a Chicago back alley, having seemingly blacked out and with his clothes torn to shreds. Yeah, there we go. That is issue number two. That's Chicago with not a deep dish pizza in sight. Frankly, I, I was lied to. I think uh, that's just a solicit making it interesting. Deep dish and deep trouble. Yeah. Um, I Everything I'd heard about Chicago was uh, deep dish related or L train related. Um, and, and actually, as far as transit was concerned, it was all of these many, many tour buses. Um, uh, that's, that was all we saw. 
Um, in fact, why are there so many tour buses? It, would it just be one for the band, and then um, each member of the Uncut Gems has their own bus? It it does seem excessive. I I could understand a couple that like they don't even. I I mean I'm I've seen bands moving around in in tour buses and stuff, and normally they have uh, like a truck as well to move all the equipment in. Also, they're in the only there is. One, two, three, four, five, six. Se- there's seven buses. They're in the only one that is a single decker. They, 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 they could have chosen. I don't. This is that is bizarre. It is bizarre. Um, I don't. There's this really funny scene where uh, Betty asks if she can use the bathroom just because uh, the nachos aren't agreeing with her, and then everyone's just complaining. Yeah, actually, that's that is that is funny. Uh, more power to to, to Betty, frankly. But, you know, have you ever heard this whenever you're on a tour bus or even on a coach bus and you're sharing with everyone else is that rule? I've heard this somewhere. Rule number one is that there is no number two. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, some stuff is for the home. You know, I I, I believe in everybody's right to do whatever they need. And, you know, like I, I, big toilet toilets should be a safe place. But there's some stuff just, you know, yeah, should be I, for the home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I've also, and another saying is, you know, don't go to the bathroom at nobody's house. Just go straight on home. Yeah, uh, it's, um, it, yeah, it, the, the, but the whole tour bus environment is very tense and, and they do a good job of portraying it as as kind of this, that essentially Gwen just uh, continuing with her ghost spider antics and, and kind of not really uh, accommodating MJ within those um, is really exacerbating things and it's really pissing mj off and and gwen kind of doesn't like i i can kind of understand gwen prioritizing ghost spider first but she she's not considerate in in her dealings with mj and yeah because yeah, yeah. the thing is ever since uh the end of king and black and the beginning of gwen verse uh gwen and mj they're trying so hard you know to fix their fractured friendship ever since you know she became carnage but now since gwen's going away more often yeah uh, you can see how that gets to mj uh pretty quick especially did you catch that comment from glory by saying that mj's fuse has been getting shorter and shorter lately yeah um the 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 bit which really just stuck out to me was the fact that glory and betty joined in 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 telling gwen off here because i i think previously it really all of the, the criticism aimed at Gwen's flakiness from the band was always coming from Mary Jane. Betty and, and Glory kind of just, you know... They were, yeah, they they were just indifferent in the yeah, Maguire's yeah. run. And and they clearly now, at this point, don't think that some of the stuff that Gwen is saying is, is justifiable. Um, and Glory is, um, I think, quite unfairly taking on the emotional labor of cheering up MJ after these fights I I um I actually felt quite bad for her cuz that just it didn't seem like a very healthy um dynamic um frankly I think you could also see that in the, that one panel where they're outside the baseball stadium where uh Gwen asks MJ if she could be a little less annoyed uh with her duties and then MJ's like no and then those two are having some sort of standoff and then Glory is just standing there blank in the middle yeah no i i i um i it it was quite interesting to see them both speak up um so that it does feel like uh, more than ever that the band is kind of rejecting ghost spider's antics 
um, in in a way that they didn't really do in the Latour run or anything really. They no. they no. you know they, they were really... supportive. They were super supportive when Gwen outed herself. Yeah, they, and and they they hunted for her even as she um, like, did potentially morally dubious things uh, yeah. during the whole Gwenamark. And even when uh, uh, Gwen was kidnapped by both jackals for a while, the whole band dropped everything to go look after her. Although that was mostly because MJ was pissed that she was late to band practice again and used the Find Her Phone app to go track them down. Yeah, I think whatever's happening here, they're, they're clearly angling for a situation where the band sort of more sort of roundhousely kind of rejects her. Um, which is which is quite sad, really. I don't know how to feel about it. it. You know, it could definitely be not sold very well later down the line. I think uh, because you know we're now acting on this information that you know she's going to jettison her entire cast when she takes up perma residence in six one six. Yeah. Um, also, uh, she's wearing the high top chucks now, right? Yes. Like from the film, um, yeah. which is honestly, I'm in, I'm fine with that change. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah. think it's just an aesthetic. I think um, Enid Balam just wanted uh, to everyone to know, hey, he watched the movie and he liked those shoes. Yeah, and honestly, if, if I could make any criticism of, of how of how her shoes are shown in the comics, and I, I generally have this with a lot of spider outfits, um, is that the shoes look really quite oddly discreet. Um, and, and they have been mistaken for flats or whatever in, um, the Latour run, um, because, because they're sort of drawn as if they were almost like under her clothes in some way. I know if you look at most Spider-Man art, like it looks like there's no, like you wouldn't know he's wearing shoes, completely flat soles. Like just, it looks bizarre. I, I I do like that it looks very definitively like Gwen is wearing a pair of shoes. No, yeah, um, but yeah, I've heard that the correct way to uh, draw spiders when they're wall crawling, well, when they're walking on the wall more accurately, is shoes off. Well, with the exception of Bailey, because his shoes, according to Dan Slott, uh, they're made of unstable atoms, so that's why uh spider boy despite his very thick shoe wear he's still able to stick on the wall yeah this makes sense um yeah uh so we also get quite a bit of time with uh dazzler in this issue as well and 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 also we kind of see maybe a bit of a darker edge to her yeah it seems like um in the past that um based on her argument with rick that uh yeah dazzler's gonna ha- had to kick out some band members at the past like pixie especially yeah uh it 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 seems that not all as well with the uncut gems kind of internally um and and also her insistence at carrying on her tour even as people around her are, are being continuously kidnapped and whatever seems super reckless yeah and it also seems that like she knows more than what she's letting on yeah and i think there's maybe more of the story with pixie to come it may just be that pixie's been given evil gas or whatever by bruce banner (laughs) yeah it seems like uh she was brainwashed because if you look um, at Pixie's face, did you notice that there's some sort of green dust around her green, eyes? The green flecks, yeah, yeah, it it yeah. did look bizarre. I 
I did think it was a bit of a cop out though. They should have just have a Pixie Hulk. You know, they should have just gone. They should have done Pixie Hulk because if it's Bruce Banner doing this, they should be Hulks. A Hulkatized Pixie. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it doesn't have to be like extraordinary. You know, if they still kind of want to have a flying about and stuff. Uh, but I think it's a bit of a cop out. Maybe they don't want her to look like Jen. No, but I, I just, I think the eyeshadow, Frank, it just looks like eyeshadow. Like I, I just think they could have done something that was maybe a bit more ambitious. Um, instead of just kind of yeah yeah but but with dazzler like did you notice that um back in the latour run um like there were advertisements for her so it seems like uh, forming her own band was a recent thing that she um wanted to do because it implies that back in the latour run she used to be a solo act yeah i i think it it wouldn't be unnatural if she kept having the same bandmates on her tours for to you know give them a uh, a name really um yeah. uh, we also we we kind of do get rick jones being properly you know actually confirmed as a hulk like, um but we don't yeah. know like for sure the hints are there because i noticed during the argument that uh he was getting varicose veins and yes. he was starting to uh his eyes started to turn green the background was even green and he started look looking more like a bestial than man yeah um i i think just the 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 bit where she accuses him of being an alcoholic and then he denies it i thought that was you know i, I it was a really unfair situation for him that he's going through this situation yeah. and she's just like uh yeah you're fired yeah because <laughs> um, because that would mean that um with all those blackouts that uh Bruce would have had to have access uh, to Rick's food continuously. But, you know, the thing is, he doesn't know if uh, there's so many factors to uh, consider. He doesn't know if Rick will specifically uh, take the spiked food. Like, for all he know, uh, like, Dazzler or Lila could have taken that spiked food. Yeah. So, we, um, I, I think maybe it, it, it predates that. Um, I don't think it's. A, I think. I think he's he's had more incidents as the Hulk outside of the two that we've seen. Um, so the way that Dazzler talks about it. Yeah. So that would mean that Banner would have to uh, like know like where they, where exactly they were staying. Uh, like mm -hmm. he had to have somehow be everywhere all at once just to uh, uh, get to the location pretty fast. He is. It's real stalker behavior, I will say. Um, yeah, but we don't even know if Bruce is actually a Hulk, because if he's not, he can't do the super leaps that the Hulk is famous for, and and all of the other things that the Hulk yeah. can do. Um, yeah, I, um, um, I, I, I just, uh, yeah. So it's 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 clear that Pixie and Hulk can be linked back to him. I think we'll get Lila Cheney having been turned evil yeah. in in this third issue now yeah. um, because at least with a pixie her usefulness other than the wings because she's back on 616 she's a mutant slash fairy hybrid well she's an alleged fairy but anyway her usefulness other than her flight is spreading hallucinogenic dust yeah it's um it was actually that was really interesting power that she used. Um, that's what she used to take out the bouncer, and that's what she used to take out Dazzler and MJ. It's almost too powerful, really. Um, I did. Um, 
I did think it was interesting how they kind of neutralized Gwen in in the fight. It's it's not often we yeah. see her just roundhouse kind of knocked out um, no. these days. I felt like that that was kind of a little bit anticlimactic. Uh, her being knocked out and then she wakes up to find that Lila's been kidnapped. Yeah. And, um, sorry. Go ahead. And that was. Oh, she doesn't move on to Lila. Like her power set. If Bruce were somehow to turn her, um, she's a teleporter. Yeah, I, I don't know. Can you do? You, do you teleport when you're more angry? Like, how does that? I don't. I don't know how you'd play around with that power set. Okay, so Lila's teleportation abilities are a bit more uh, interesting than the usual kind of teleportation. So she has what's called intergalactic teleportation, where she can travel like a like very long distances like she can go as far as space or the other side of the galaxy but the thing is if she wants to go somewhere that's kind of considered close by she would have to teleport far away first and then teleport to her intended location right i see that's that's a so, interesting rule book so meaning she can't travel short distances yeah um but yeah, I, it's it's hard it's hard not to read all of this without it feel like the kind of telegraphing Gwen towards a situation where she is just kicked out of the band. Um, no, they've kicked her out plenty of times, and yet she's still welcomed back in. Yeah, it's it's, it's getting to a point now where it's almost it's almost not like there there isn't much chemistry being written between them. Um, yeah, well, that's because Gwen refuses to be the Mary Jane's Pete best. Yeah, and, and and I just um, I I I would, I would like to maybe see, I don't know. I kind of I kind of want some of that more classic banter back that they had a little bit of in that first issue, and um, yeah, I I, yeah. I, I guess I guess we'll see where it goes. Um, yeah. I I do think that there isn't a really I don't I I don't think the resolution we're heading t- towards is going to be satisfying, obviously for uh for Gwen and the 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 Mary Janes, but yeah, it's um. It does. It does feel like maybe I'd just be nice to see them hug or something. I don't know. I it, it's it's sad. It's a sad well, situation. Well, maybe the ending of Smash, even though it leads into giant size, maybe the band will make up after all, and then Gwen has to uh, have another conflict with MJ and Orlando Octavius in giant size. Yeah. Um. Unless, unless um. Yeah, which another thing going into this new ongoing, like this setup for Orlando Octavius, and then they're seemingly not going to use him anymore. Yeah, I I don't like it's a lot of hype for uh for a one for one issue. I am, um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a tough situation for for everyone. Um, but maybe Orlando Octavius is going to be the same as like the Storm siblings, where he's like the big add the exiles and then so you never see again because yeah with uh sue storm you know natasha was able to make her just go away like a hand wave but i want to see that story Mm, for real um but yeah overall how did you feel about this issue no first we have to talk about natasha for a little bit here um yeah uh she's a bit She's a bit much. I think the whole thing where she kind of knows everything about everybody uh, in their different dimensions and, and makes comments about it. And and she's like, she's more or less like personality wise, 
um, kind of like her 616 counterpart where like, uh, like she's not pointing out, uh, well, even though she's pointing out the obvious, she says she's not being rude. She's just observant. Yeah, I don't know. She just she doesn't come off as maybe as charismatic as Black Widow normally gets written. No. Um, and like, and but where does Natasha get all of that uh, high tech stuff? Like, I know that she works for an organization that was able to make Sue Storm go away and knows about the multiverse. But yeah, I don't, I don't really buy like the the she she's too she does feel too high tech for a sixty five. The holographic projection that you can have a fight with that that feels too feels too high tech anyway. Like I don't like I I've never enjoyed that trope. <laughs> Unless if she's like her original self and she's a shield agent, maybe. Uh, I, I, I. It was. Um. I, I really hope that she gets given more to do than sort of look clever and 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 have awkward opinions about one's life choices. You know. Yeah, and um, there's more to her uh appearance being Black Widow. The training suit that she puts on also has the hourglass. Yeah, it does. Um, she ha- still has a little motifs and, and things. No, but she doesn't even use a training suit to train. She just operates the controls. Yeah, it's... um. I, I really thought like they were going to do something really bizarre. I, I, they, were, they were weird training suits. I don't... It must be related to the hologram. Like uh, maybe the hologram doesn't work on you if you're not wearing the suit. I, I don't know. It was... It was weird what if it turns out that natasha and bruce are actually working together i don't think they are because she urged dazzler to stop going on tour still and and something tells me that bruce would have liked that she continue yeah but remember in the end natasha is a spy she has to deceive people yeah but this would have actively sabotage bruce's um, plans yeah, and plus, like, um, you still notice Bruce amongst all of the chaos that Pixie and the Hulk are causing. He's just standing there eating his popcorn, just with a smile on his face, and that anime like glare on the glasses thing. I love that actually. It's one of my favorite details about some of the art in this. Yeah, that reminds me of that scene in Mean Girls where Regina just stands there while all of the uh, junior girls at the high school are just in chaos. Yeah. Yeah. They're just both standing there watching everything go in flames. Yeah. It is um it seems like we might get to keep this sort of same creative team, the same art team consistent through each issue here. Um Yeah, well. Anid Balam is gonna stay on for all four issues. He's not gonna have well, at least not so far, not gonna have a fill in. Yeah, I think every book should get an inker, really. I mean, it, it just, it, it, you know, having that extra pair of hands on the book clearly lets them meet deadlines a bit easier and, and keep the sort of the art looking a bit consistent towards the end. Because, yeah, like um, inks and colors, yeah, they go a really long way. But, you know, the thing is with um, like penciling and inking and coloring se- separately, um, as much as inkers can help boost the pencils, at the same time, it could also uh, like bog them down depending on what the technique is. Yeah, I think you need a, obviously a good team up. You can't just kind of do it with anyone. But oh, yeah, yeah, because, I, I... yeah, there are some some pages of art where it seems like that either the inker or the colorist has bogged the penciler and inker down. Yeah, but it's uh yeah no I I think I think the book looks really good. I think the um the character action is is appropriately sort of 
stylistic and and kind of everybody feels quite stretchy if that makes sense like everybody has very sort of like long limbs and 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 sort of drawn out facial expressions in a way that i I, i'm quite enjoying um yeah and yeah there's a nice gloss to everything yeah i like how everything is uh because that would be considered like fluid action yes yeah because um anything that's fast-paced like a spider book which is what this is you know everything has to be loose it has to be you know fluid you know you can get away with anatomy no for real it's um yeah no i i think this this is a nice this is a good book um and um it, it may be the last some of the last of us 65 that we're getting so um i'm trying to cherish it while we have it it's like um the analogy i have for um the whole perma residence thing is uh you know um danos meeting young gamora inside the soul stones like did you do it yes what did it cost everything that's some, that's some intense voice acting I can't get my voice to be as high as Ariana Greenblatt's, but hey, I did the best I did. Yeah, no, I think it worked. Going off on a tangent, like I, I love how Ariana Greenblatt's getting a lot of work now. Yeah, um, it's um, it's always nice to see. I think a creative succeed. So yeah, yeah, but um, our feelings overall, like as an issue, like what did we think? Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed this one. Um, I. I kind of am interested to see what kind of turns they they want to take with Bruce Banner. Um, but it does feel now that there, there is a very clear mandate for it to end up in a certain place. Uh, quite sadly. Me, honestly, I felt like that um, there could have been some parts that could have been fleshed out a little bit better. I felt like that the, uh, the training room scene, um, it could have been a little bit there could have been more pages to it because you know Dazzler and Gwen are having this heart to heart that uh, they feel like that um, they're letting their bandmates down just because they're doing what they do. Yeah, and um, and I felt like that the Hulk Pixie attack at Chicago um, it was kind of a little bit too fast. Yeah, I just it does feel very whistle stop. Um, it doesn't. I I don't know if this format really benefits that much from the whole different venue different city thing like clearly they they've put some time and effort into recreating like wrigley field and stuff but not like the chicago vibe you get more of the i-70 frankly yeah because you know with chicago all we know is um uh all we have is the uh, baseball stadium that's it but you know at least back in issue one we get the largest venue in New York, Madison Square Garden. And then, you know, because that way you have Gwen and MJ make a connection. You know, they acknowledge that they've technically played at uh, MSG before. Yeah. But um, here in Chicago, um, you know, they've never been to Chicago before, so they can't really make a connection. No, it's, um, yeah, it, it isn't. I I would say that's the other aspect of it is it's not like they're meeting somebody from Chicago and then like somebody from New York and somebody from LA and whatever you know like it's different, it's the same characters just they're changing the stadium. Yeah, I wonder how what they're gonna play at at LA. All I can think of is the Staples Center. What's the largest venue at LA? Uh, <laughs> no, oh no, I was thinking of the but the Sphere from Las Vegas. <laughs> no, I'm, th- I'm talking about LA first. 
Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, where did the, the Lakers baseball? No basketball. No, it's not big. Uh, I, I don't know anything about that side of America, frankly. I, 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 I only know about I only know about Canada, which isn't even America. So, but it seems like that regardless of what happens, even though the solicits say that Dazzler is going to go missing right after their LA concert, that their final showdown is going to be in Vegas. Yeah, I hope it's in the sphere and that they destroy the sphere. But in their fight, it's. But is is the sphere the largest venue in Vegas? No, it's not, but it's the stupidest one, so. Well, it depends on what Melissa Flores wants to write. Yeah, yeah, I I will accept nothing but, but sphere slander. God, it's, you know, to me, these places, like, they're just like cartoon places they're like things that pop up in pop culture it's kind of mad to imagine somebody going oh yeah i'm gonna visit my cousins in in las vegas so it's like what's that like the elvis song like it's yeah i wonder if they're gonna visit any pawn shops while they're in vegas yeah um do we have um a mail bag for this episode yeah i'm gonna hold on i just have to uh open it up but it is from our uh like our good friend Daniel Connors. Dan, how have you been? Hi, Dan. So he says, hello. I'm not sure how dollar gets to buck nor how pound gets to quid, but I listened to the show and I'm so happy I did. Did you make that rhyme on purpose? I think I think you did. You, you really paid attention to that episode and and responded very very well to the different things we were raising in it. <laughs> anyway the rest of the letter so excited for a new ongoing the day the show dropped i was able to get on marvel subscriptions to sign up for both the giant size and the new comic thank you nice. all for the reminder for previous musicians in earth 65 i may be doing a big reread in preparation for this spring so thrilled dan connor's P.S. Chicago is amazing. Windy City, right on a great lake. Amazing theater community. Yes, deep dish pizza, but also the Chicago dog and the Italian beef sandwich are must-haves over a visit. Smiley face with the halo. See, that's the thing. I would. I, I kind of want to visit Chicago now. Like, I do. You know, like I. Yeah, I. It's like just you know the greasy fast food and the. Why is it a windy city? What What's the deal with that? You know, I'm not sure. The only other nickname I know from Chicago is Shy Town. Oh, well, that that doesn't sound good when you say it as one word. What Shy Town? Yeah, Shy Town. It's like it sounds like you're saying Shy Town. <laughs> no, like C H I hyphen Town. Oh, that is okay. Yeah, anyway, it's 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 intriguing. It's it's a fun bit of tourism going around. No, it's I, good to. I I, th- I think I think it will be worth maybe doing a big reread before the new ongoing and. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it's kind of embarrassing how we didn't realize last episode that yet yeah, Tim Seeley he's from Chicago. That's where he was uh, calling us in from. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, um, we're not doxing him by saying that, are we? Uh no, he did say he was he was in Chicago. Oh okay. Um yeah no it was it's uh it was I I I think that um it, I I want I want to be clear we are excited for an ongoing uh yeah. we we've we've been downers about it but we are excited yeah we are genuinely know? yeah like despite like that thirty minute uh rant on update 
we are genuinely excited for Spider Gwen Ghost Spider Volume Two by Stephanie Phillips and Chris Campagna. You know, I, I don't think that we, as kind of like podcasters, want to have to also stop talking about Gwen. It's nice. It's nice that we can continue to make this and can continue to kind of have this conversation and this character and is getting new stories. I I I do think that there's obviously a timeline where, but the content dries up and the comics dry up and we we don't have a book to review anymore and and i think that'd be really sad so you know obviously we're stoked just just to be able to continue to keep having these conversations um you know it's it's quite nice and um at least with this new ongoing that means we get to uh make a big 10-year anniversary show of spider gwen in the fall yeah which is um yeah it's 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 really it's um it's been a while on the podcast, but it's definitely been a lot longer for the characters. So, you know, yeah. 10 years. Um, and we also get to interview these creatives who, you know, like we get to see um, a look behind the curtain. Yeah. And I think, I think jump that, that's just, it is such a bizarre environment. I think licensed comic books and licensed like comic characters and, and the way that different creatives jump in and out of writing and not writing the book and and setting the direction and changing the direction it's 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 very uh it's, it's a very complicated process and one which i i'm always intrigued to hear about uh these different creatives experiences within that because um it, it can be very rewarding and and very soul destroying at the same time quite clearly for some of them um when when things you know don't go in the way that they anticipated or or direct or whatever and I was looking at my my Twitter feed earlier, and it um it seems like that Chris Campagna has posted a snippet of one of the Gwen pages he's working on. Well, that's interesting. Yes, yeah. So yeah, it's nice crispy pencils. Nice. Um. Well, yeah. It's 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 happening, folks. Spider Gwen is happening, uh, whether or not we want it to. So. <laughs> Uh, we like, are we no, are, we wanted it to we do want not, it to yeah, just not how we expected the direction to go yeah um we do have a comment on uh the uh discussion thread on the subreddit uh r spider gwen uh for issue number two um from user plastic underscore incident underscore eight six seven who writes, I really miss how well MJ and the others were written by Latour. She, Gloria, and Betty very much cared about Gwen and how much she was going through in the original series. And when Maguire took over, she leaned far too, too far into the narcissist angle, in my opinion. Um, now, I, I don't, you know, I, I think, you know, having Gwen be like a, a very flawed, a, a, an unevenly flawed friend as well. Like she's definitely not committing as many sins as, as Carnage. As Carnage? Uh, definitely as, as MJ, unless when she's Carnage, right? So, um, I, 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 you know, uh, but, but, but yeah, no, I do, I, I do miss when they, they had, you know, as many nice moments as they did bad moments, you know. But, but even when, uh, uh looking back, uh, when Latour was still writing MJ, she was still a little bit snarky. Maguire just doubled down on that aspect. Yeah, they, they, they always put pressure on her to you know um show up for band stuff and um yeah like there's there's definitely disagreement and conflict there for sure and if it turns out that maybe i don't know for some reason um gwen decides to port mj with her to 616 now um i heard somewhere that there's a joke 
that um now that's two MJs in six one six that um doesn't that's not really part of Peter's circle. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I you know, I don't I don't see how they're gonna have both of them there. I just it's I just I'm really you know, I, I, I'd rather them I, I guess they are barreling towards a point where they will kind of quite firmly break them up as as friends and I think that's quite sad. Um, but it'd be interesting to see um MJ sixty five meet MJ six one six. Yeah, I think it would be quite healing after everything that they've both gone through, but who knows? Yeah, but now uh, MJ616 is parading around as Jackpot with her fancy new Omni tricks. Yeah, who would win in a fight between MJ Jackpot and MJ Carnage? That's the question. It depends on what results MJ gets from her Omni tricks, because if she gets something lame, you know, Carnage has her giant pink axe mm. and just starts swinging. True, true. Because 616, if she gets something lame, like she could turn into pudding. But she still found a very useful situation during uh, the MJ Black Cat mini when she turned into pudding. She still found a use for it. Yeah. Damn. Well, um, yeah, it would be. Yeah. But yeah. The different MJs. But I feel like um, this is my wish. I want MJ Jackpot to turn evil to go into her Wanda phase because now that's a story. I don't know. I you you're you're all about that trope, but I don't know how I feel about it because it's so close, to, like the Mad Woman sort of trope. That I don't like, know. No, not in the same level as MCU Wanda did in Multiverse of Madness. Probably just dial it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, but no, I'd have her like her Omnitrix being the one to turn her evil. Okay. Yeah. No, I see that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, I suppose we should wrap this episode up because we have we have talked. All the tangents, and and it's gone midnight for me now. So, yeah, uh, the next time we make an episode, uh, we'll be reading Spider-Gwen Smash number three. And uh, I feel compelled to say that, you know, this is going to be released at Valentine's Day. Cute, if you're an MJ Gwen shipper. Mm. That also happens to be the same day that Madam Web comes out. Are you going to watch Madam Web? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Um... (laughs) I really like those Venom films, so, oh, maybe. I don't know, I just, I don't like the Peter Parker Chosen One stuff. I really don't like it. I, I've never liked that aspect of, yeah. It seems like Valentine's Day this year is going to be a Spider-Woman Day because we got Spider-Gwen Smash number three and Madam Web, which is featuring her and the uh, three other Spider-Women. Yeah, so uh, it's a wait and see on that one. Uh, it depends how busy I am as well around the weeks of its theatrical run, so. Yeah, but yeah, Um. anyway, yeah, we're going to put the links in the description of uh, where to buy and read Spider-Gwen Smash number three. Uh, we're also going to include the full reading list for Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider. If you want to uh, send in your thoughts for the show, you can email us, ghostspidergroupies at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at gsgroupies. We also have a Kofi page if you wanted to uh, check in a few books to help us with the maintenance of the podcast. That would be great. Yes, please. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I've been Abigail. And I've been Pax. All right. Bye, humans. Bye. Bye.